Today, we have the man of the hour. It is Tom Burden with Grip Matt. Now, this guy's been on Shark Tank. Not only did he launch out of a career in the Air Force, but also launched into an, his own business. An entrepreneur, an innovator, a guy who's willing to grab the bull by the horns and go after it with a startup company. Absolutely awesome. It's your favorite time of week. Once again, for the Legacy Podcast, I'm your host, Kinsley Jordan, your winning coach, encouraging you to crush your goals, ignite your dreams, and forge a legacy in your life. So let's go straight to it right now with a video interview with Tom Burton. Tom, welcome so much. So glad to have you here on the Legacy Podcast. Yeah, super excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Uh, love your show and love, love the mission that you guys have. Yeah, it, dude, it was so cool seeing you on LinkedIn of what you guys were doing. Um, just overall, the idea of Grit Matt and how you took this concept from a frustration in your life to an actual, not just a product, but a company <laughs> launching in and solving problems for a lot of people. Uh, a, a competitor on Shark Tank, which was, I mean, awesome. You've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Most people would think, dude, if I could get to Shark Tank in like 10 years, that'd be that'd be massive. But you've been able to do not only that, but also launch a company. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did this idea begin with? Yeah, so um, the Grip Mat, it's a flexible tool tray. Gives you a safe place to set, gives you a safe place to set your tools. Uh, it's non-slip. So where the idea came from was that I was an F-16 mechanic at the time. I was also going to college for mechanical engineering. And I was struggling with my tools sliding off the aircraft and I was tired of running up and down the ladder every time I needed to set something down. And I decided I was going to solve the, the problem. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my mom's car. I know she had a, she's got a non-slip mat on her dashboard to keep her cell phone in place when she's driving. Yeah. And like, yeah. Road. So I was like, well, we could, um, you know, make these larger for tools and I have a background working with my dad and doing general construction and work. He does snow removal. So working on snow plows. So knew how to like make things generally also did a trade school when I was in high school. Uh, it was a vocational school that uh, when I was a junior, I learned machine trades and I also learned as a senior, I learned CAD. So how to yeah. like draw on the computer. Yeah. So um, what I really think what happened was that, you know, at a young age, I was just kind of like over, I had like an intersection of like unique skills. Um, so like there's not too many like 19 year olds that know how to like, you know, do construction, draw and add, have machine trades and yeah. also work. On yeah. So, um, you know, once that like collided, that's when the, you know, the ideas started coming. That's wild. You know, it's something you said there really uh, sparks with me is that the, there's a lot of people who find themselves in this innovative, in this entrepreneur place where you look at their skills in where they're at in life and you say, man, I just, uh, it, when you look around at other people, you feel like I, there's something different. Like I, I have different skills. I have a different mindset. I have a different talent than other people have. And that's really, is that really where it began for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I'd say the core of it was just a different perspective. You know, my talent was to um, you know, I can coming up like visualizing like hardware products where if, if your talent is coming up with apps or maybe management systems, or maybe you're like, if you want to improve the air force, but you want, um, you know, maybe you're a nutritionist. So yeah. doing 
you know, the healthy route would, you know, is like your, is your like superpower really. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's identifying your superpower in the situation that you're in too. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who listen often to the legacy podcast, you hear us mention this as your passion. You know, what is your passion? How can we connect you to your passion for, uh, with a purpose to create fulfillment in your life? And so many times, you know, uh, people who are entrepreneurs, people who are visionaries, people who are excited about something in their life, find themselves frustrated by the normalcy of just the, the system, if you will. So you're a, a, a F-16 mechanic in the Air Force. And you say, there's got to be a way to be able to fix this. So what was it like in your environment when you said, hey, I got an idea? Because did, did, you, did you stay in the Air Force and try to create this? What happened when you went to your, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. What happened when you went to your superiors and said, hey, I got an idea? Uh, so there was like, they, they were like, yeah, that's definitely an issue. That's, you know, they like the idea. I think it was like more like, yeah, that's cute. Um, <laughs> cool. And then... <laughs> It just like, I, I, I think yeah. it was, there was a point where I was just like persistent as fuck about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, there, there were situations where it was like, you know, so if you can ever, if you ever ask someone for something and they don't tell you no, but you're getting the vibe now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So what I learned when I was younger is that I'm like very numb to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he didn't say no. So like we can just go get on the jet so, pictures. So it must mean like, yes. Oh. It must mean yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I had a product. I was trying to do a product that you would like stand on for because when the jet's like real slick and like curvy. Yeah. Um, to like, re- like reduce that issue. But the problem is like, that's significantly larger liability issue. If you're like someone stands on it and falls off of, on, of your, off of the jet versus yeah. your grip mat, someone sets a tool and the tool slides off. Yeah. So I remember trying to get pictures on the jet and the, this chief was like, he's like, um, what's the liability if someone falls? I was like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll stand on it. And, but that was him. Oh, no. that was me just like, Oh, you didn't say no. Let's just go. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny, like looking back on that. Yeah. So, uh, so you have this idea, you go to your bosses, they essentially say, yeah, uh, sure. That's, yeah, that's a cute idea, as you said. So, what made you say, no, it's more than a cute idea? Like, this is an actual solution to actual problems. Because in, in, for our viewers who may not know, one of the issues with, uh, the mechanics of aircraft, especially military aircraft, have is uh, FOD, so foreign uh, object debris, and making sure that all of your tools are accounted for. Because you can imagine if you're working on an engine and you leave a tool in the engine and you start it, like the whole engine is destroyed, and that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So when you're talking about being able to keep track of your tools, like this is a major area, this is a major focus area. So I can only imagine that you, as a mechanic on F-16s, you were like, dude, I've got a solution. Like. It, just trust me, like, give me a shot at this thing. So what was that next step of saying, okay, clearly it's not getting the traction I need. What did you do as this entrepreneur, as uh, somebody who had a goal, had a vision? What was that next step? Yeah. So the initial like fist fight I was trying to do was get it directly into the military, mm-hmm. which was you know very difficult without having a, a background in, in military, like military yeah. sales, or, like commercial yeah. sales. So just kind of naturally, I guess 
the core of what happened was I was applying for grants and I was getting, um, I was applying for grants and the grants would, would want to want you to get customer contacts, which, so if you've ever heard of the business model canvas, um, the first, the initial part says, uh, or the, the, the core of it is around getting customer contacts and getting feedback from your, from your users. Yeah. So I was going like talking to mechanics and they, I was like, Hey, you know, what issues are you having with your tools? Do you think you can use this grip map product? And then, um, they'd be like, yeah, I could also like use it on, you know, on my car or like some people, um, also worked at, at, they would be in the national guard yeah. on the week. Yeah. And then usually national guards share a runway with an airport. So uh-huh. they'd be working on their civilian job. They'd be working on, um, aviation aircraft. So like um, the airlines or whatever. Yeah. So that's when I was like, oh, okay, so there's some space in this in the, in the airlines industry. So um, started to going, going to like aviation trade shows like um, Oshkosh is the world's biggest air show. So it's called- Did you already a- have the product at this time? Did, no. Did you I already mean, have this prototype? At this, at this point, I was like prototyping or initially, the initial idea was that like the grip mat- it wasn't like a tray. It just would have a lip at the bottom. Yeah. And there would be hooks on this side. So to work on a jet, you have to take off the panels. There's no like hood that you pop. So yeah. it would go onto the, onto the aircraft and then you would have your tools here. Yeah. So after I made that prototype, that, that's when people were like, oh, this is a cute idea. And then, and then when I made basically one with a lip all the way around the edge, that's when it was like, oh, that could really work. Yeah. Because what's happening is I wanted, like, each part of the jet you'd be working on, you'd have a different grip mat. Yeah. But um, everyone was like, yeah, that's, I don't want to constantly run back and forth to the tool crib to grab a new new grip mat. Yeah. So once I was like, this is a, you know, one size fits all, then, then it, like, started to click. And then, you know, at that point, I, it was being able to be used in, in the in general aviation and then was getting more, you know, feedback from when we really got to Oshkosh, that's when we were getting like Oshkosh, there's like the, the demographic there is like older and just rich as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So for people who don't know what Oshkosh is, it's one of the, it's the largest, if not the largest air show gathering of aircraft in the United States, you know, it, in uh, across the world, I think Paris Air Show is probably the largest equivalent of what we what you would see. But it's, I mean, you're talking general aviation, you're talking uh, airlines, old aircraft, new aircraft, vintage, military, like everybody is at this place. Yeah. So it's the specific demographic there is what's called home builders, which means they build a plane at home. So these are a lot of people who um, own their own aircraft. So okay. It's kind of funny because you'll see, you'll just see people who are like, they're basically on vacation. They're wearing like flip flops, like <laughs> yeah. and like a tank top. And then you realize that they're like the, the lead maintenance guy for all of Delta or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, what would happen is <laughs> to tell like those guys to tell the difference between those guys and like the local hillbillies. I would just be like, hey, did you fly in or drive in? And they'll be like, oh, I flew my whatever aircraft and, you know, my Bonanza and, you know. It's, yeah. 
normally my other planes broke, so I was getting worked on. So I just, you know, had to fly the Bonanza. I'm like, that's who I want to buy to. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> not not only an inventor, but a natural born marketer as well. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. So I just want to pause there for a second because at this time you're going through prototypes, right? So, so for our listeners, if you have an idea, if you have an goal, a uh, goal, if you have something where you're saying this could really work, I mean, at this point where you're out there engaging and marketing to these potential buyers. You're on your what, second or third prototype at this point? Uh, maybe like 15th. Okay, but, uh, like, okay. so several prototypes. At this point, though, did you have a marketing team or was it you? Oh, no, it was just me. Dude, just th this is what I'm talking about. This is the beauty of <laughs> entrepreneurship innovation is that the, the dude took a prototype out to Oshkosh and he goes out there and says, screw it, I'm going to advertise, I'm going to do whatever I can because I believe in this thing. If there's one thing you've got to take away from this, it's this. If you don't believe in your goal, if you don't believe in your vision, if you don't believe in your product, nobody else is going to. So let's catch back up to where we're at now. So you're walking around to Oshkosh, you have a product where you're like, dude, I need to get these people to, to pay attention to this. Uh, and you're just being relentless. You're being a dude who has a dream and believes in it. So very first Oshkosh I went to was like 2014. And my buddy Ted, who I met in Milwaukee at a military business accelerator. His dad lived down the street from where Oshkosh was. So I was able to like sleep on their couch for free, which was a huge blessing because like now, like normally it's like hundreds of, it's like probably $500 a night for a yeah, room. Yeah. Um, and I was like crazy broke. So I was like trying to sneak into the show and not have to pay the <laughs> fee, let alone pay $500 for a room. Yeah. So I just kept like, I would just start talking to anyone and everyone. At first I was like nervous about it, but then I remember this guy specifically, he was, he was next to this new plane that has like really like long wings. And it was, I think it was electric, which was like very like new for that industry at the time. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, so uh, you have one of these or what? He goes, yeah, I mean, over the years, I probably built and sold over 40, 45 airplanes. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, I just showed him a picture. I was like, what do you think of this? And uh, he was like, oh, my God. He's like, do you have that? I was like, I have one in my bag. What do you think? He's like, he's like, you need, he's like, you need to talk to Aero Innovate. That's, uh, that's like a, it was like a new business accelerator that they were doing in aviation. Yeah. So I go to Aero Innovate and they're having like a, competition that night of like a pitch competition and i was like who do i got to talk to to be in this competition so and hold up like, hold up so that that afternoon you just happen to run into this dude he's like you need to go to this place you show up that night not having been registered or anything for this pitch competition yeah <laughs> they didn't let me pitch in it but i did find an aviation investor there yeah I never never end up like working with them but but he was like he, he just looked at my products like, are you pitching tonight? And uh, I was like, no, they wouldn't let me. Long story short, the next year, got, a part, got to be a part of Aero Innovate. They um, gave, gave me a free booth. And at that point, um, was still trying to get into manufacturing. Yeah. And what happened, the thing is, I, um, I, wasn't, I didn't have the product for sale yet. And the person who opened up the innovation tent that, that we were in, 
He was the previous CEO for Cessna, which is a really popular aircraft company. Yeah. And um, he opens it up and he walks over to the booth and he goes, he goes, I want to buy one of these and I want to buy some for my friends. Um, how much are they? And I was like, well, I'm taking pre-orders. Uh, he's like, and I, and he's like, he's like, how much have I bought five? And I was like, um, well, that would be a, a volume discount. We could do $50 a piece. And I just like, I didn't even, I didn't even know like how much to like cost of goods were. I didn't even know where to get it manufactured. Oh I was my like, gosh. Yeah. I could just like make some more in my basement or something. Yeah. And, uh, so what happened was at that time I was like filling out paperwork to do a grant for another grant. So yeah. basically if I got accepted to this, they would, I would get 50 grand. So the thing is I would have to, I would have to, it was a one-to-one match up to $50,000. So if yeah. I raise 50 grand, then they'll give me 50 grand. So um, to be competitive in, in the grant process, I had to like, they wanted me to get revenue. Yeah. Like, well, I'll just take pre-orders. So this guy comes up and I was like, okay, this is the time to do pre-orders. So like the whole time I'm, I'm at this trade show for seven days, I'm going to try to get pre-orders. And I was like, dude, this was easy, man. The, like the first dude in the door, he just made like 200 bucks off of him. The rest of the day, I didn't sell any. And then yeah. like every day at the show, I would sell like one to five. And it was, it was, that was one of the lowest points for me at Grip Mat. <laughs> uh, wow. A big quitting point. So, but, so when, when you went into that, did you kind of try to curb your expectation or what, this was your first major trade show, like aviation trade show at that point where you were displaying what grit mat was? That was actually my second trade show. I did a Well, maybe third or fourth before that I did a few trade shows within the military and I sold nothing. Yeah. Actually there was a really big expensive one in Chicago that I almost went bankrupt from it um, because I spent, like all my money to get to the show. And I thought I would get some type of sales yeah. and I just, it just didn't work. Um, and then I just was like, <laughs> I remember being like super depressed. Yeah. Um, when packing up for that show. Uh, Cause like nothing came through and like, that's not how you work with the military. I'm just like hoping to get sales at the door. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more of a longer play. Um, so yeah, that was like me trying, like, that trade show did not work. And I remember thinking like leaving that trade show, I was like, I'm going to perfect how to do trade shows. And, uh, because there was so many like rookie mistakes I was making. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, now we do trade shows at like a third of the cost of back then and significantly more effective, but yeah. Yeah. At the Oshkosh show, um, that was the first time ever like trying to sell anything. Like, yeah. That's you, you, that 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 process, that mentality right there. That there is a lot of people that when they encounter, especially when you're talking about innovation, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, when you're passionate about something, a lot of people will come up against those really disappointing moments, and they will allow that to define that moment of failure or feeling like failure to define the future and say, "Well, this isn't going anywhere. I need to stop." Because how easy would it have been for you to say, dude, I'm almost bankrupt. Like, clearly nobody wants this thing. This is stupid. I should probably stop. Was that a thought in your head? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is you are <laughs> at a trade show booth for like 
eight or nine hours and like the most you'll make is $200. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're actually making like sometimes $40 an, enti- an entire day. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, that's very depressing where you're like, man, this last trade show I was at, I made zero. Now, like I'm making, you know, $50 in a day. You're like, we're improving, but this is yeah. not working. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then the, the hard part was, so I was at the booth by myself and then I would, so I, I didn't let, so, so at that, what I, the, the best lesson that I learned from that trade show is that I was seeing other companies that were in a similar stage as me yeah. that also got free booths from, from Aero Innovate. And I remember thinking to myself, like no opportunity will be lost due to my effort. And what that was meaning to me was like, I like, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to like be here forever. Like I'm going to push this as much as I can because I'm seeing other people who have booths who like their first day didn't go well. They're coming late. They're, they're leaving early. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, taking two hours for lunch where like, I am there early. I'm staying late. Um, I am not taking a lunch. I'm like, there almost, I think there was one day I left for a bathroom break. Yeah. Like you can go to the bathroom before you go after, like I'm at the booth cause I'm not going to let one person go by that doesn't know that I'm not going to let someone walk by and not tell them my, my story, yeah. tell them my product. Um, because they could be a potential person who buys. Yeah. So dude, hit, um, hit, hitting the effort relentlessly knowing that, you know what, I've done everything I can possibly do. Hey, we're, we're going to pause right here because when we come back, I want to be able to dive into what would you tell yourself if you could go back and tell yourself when you started this journey, what would you tell our listeners here at Legacy Podcast? Uh, when we come back, I want to dive into what would your advice be to startups, to people who are wanting to chase after their dreams, they have a vision, but they're, they're scared to get started. So we're going to come right back. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the Legacy Podcast right here on your favorite podcast and vodcast. Stay tuned right next. Hey, thanks for watching the Legacy Podcast with your winning coach, Kinsley Jordan. Now, don't forget, you can subscribe right now just by hitting the logo right over there and make sure you hit the bell so you get notified when new great content is available to you. Also, you can follow and keep up with me at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by just going to Kinsley Jordan. That's my tag where you can find it. Also, if you're looking for a performance coach like me to be able to help you reach your goals, just go to www.kinsleyjordan.com and sign up. I'm right here to help you achieve your goals and build a legacy in your life. So let's get back to the Legacy Podcast with more great content right here. Hey, welcome back to Legacy Podcast with your winning coach, Kinsley Jordan, as we're talking to the founder and CEO of Grip Mat, Tom Burden. And we've been on talking through it, the amazing journey of how he had an idea 
uh, took it to some people. They said, ah, it's probably not going to work. And then launched into his discovery process of identifying not only a market for it, but also getting this thing into actual production and making it into business. So Tom, again, welcome back to Legacy Podcast. So glad to have you. And where we left off is that you were talking about the trade shows, you know, the, the getting invited to the trade shows, being uh, having moments of some serious disappointment and almost like bankruptcy of saying, dude, I don't know if this thing's going to work. <laughs> the pain of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was at Oshkosh 2015. Um, that was, I would say, that was the lowest point that I had for yeah. Ripman. And that was a point where uh, I, I was about to quit everything. I actually called a friend and said, hey, I, I've got another idea I want to work on. Um, this isn't really working out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit Gripmat. And yeah. um, what happened was, if you've ever heard of Eric Thomas, oh, yeah. um, he's a motivational speaker. He has a video out of Buster Douglas about how Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. And uh, like, I almost want to cry right now, but that, um, that without that video, I would have quit. Easily. Does he know that? Have you ever reached out to him? Um, I was at the Summit of Greatness in Columbus, Ohio with Lewis Howes and uh, Eric Thomas was there. And I, I, I didn't talk specifically about that video, but I said, because of your videos, um, I, kept, I kept going. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Man. I should, I should make a, a, we'll have to make a video about that. But um, yeah, completely. Well, yeah, oh man. Well, totally worth reaching out to him to let him know that. So after your trade shows, after that moment, you know, you had this inspirational moment um, of watching the video and say, you know, I need to get back into it. What was it about that moment that changed? So was that like a new fire of saying I'm not going to quit? Um. So specifically, what happened with that show? Why I didn't quit was um. So at, at the hard part was during the day I was doing the trade show for with, with events before and after at least 10 to 12 hours a day. And then at night I would write the grant. Yeah. So the thing is I'm having this horrible time at the trade show. Then at night I'm writing, had an awesome time at Oshkosh customer validation, thousand <laughs> Sales. I'm like, shit, we got to get a thousand dollars in sales. That's the goal right now. And, uh, so yeah. it just like mentally just like draining me hard. And then, um, I had like, <laughs> I had like a thousand, like a thousand dollars in like $1,051 in sales or something like that. And I had, um, I used that money to actually get home. So I didn't even like have the money to make the product. Yeah. So, well, uh, I'll just apply. I mean, we finally, we had to do three revisions of the grant, which I thought we, I didn't think we had to do any. And I submitted the grant and then I got it. And then I was like, well, now I got enough money to like find a way to make this work. Yeah. Um, and then that's what really, without that 50,000, it was funny. I get the 50,000 and so one-to-one match. So now I'd like raise $50,000 yeah. like finally like get $50,000. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're really doing this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that like really pushed me through until the following year. Um, I had, I actually factory style had 600 grit mats and was going to officially launch the product. Um, so many grit mats in the, in the car or in the truck and on the trailer, like I couldn't even see out the passenger side window. <laughs> like, you know, I was driving from our, this warehouse in Michigan and I was like, yeah. you know, if 
sell everything out. I could like drive back overnight and like get another 600 and like we could really, you know, blow this trade show up. And then, um, the first day I sold 13 and I was like, fuck dude. Yeah. I was hopefully I could just sell enough to see out, out the like passenger window because it was so hard driving here. Um, and then by the, by the end of the show, I ended up selling out. So that was, that was pretty huge. Wow. Dude, it's so cool to see multiple times in your story as you're sharing your story is you've had moments to quit. You've had moments to say, dude, I'm out. Like this is not going to work. And then it's just, it's just on the other side of the storm. It's just on the other side of the point that where people want to quit and say, you know what? This is too hard. The breakthrough is just on the other side. And that's one of the things that, man, if we can, if we can encourage you here, if Tom and I can encourage you today with one thing, it's this. Stop trying to determine the value of what you are going to do based on the current circumstances. Everything teaches you to be able to grow stronger. Everything is a lesson learned. And if you will incrementally take those lessons learned and those moments that seem like failure and turn those into a positive of honing in on your skill or honing in on your goal and allowing that to transform you so that your future isn't determined by failure, but instead it's it's determined by building blocks of your lessons learned. I mean, it's all a mental game. It's all a mental game. It's all, do you have the drive to stay into it and to stay engaged? That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like one thing that would really keep me grounded and like moving forward is that, um, you know, I think of people like Steve Jobs or, you know, other people who started in a garage or a basement. Yeah. And what I would always say to myself is, when I think I can't, I think of the ones who can, and I realize they're no different than me. Yeah. Wow. So, Dude, that's, that's so good. So good. So one of the things that I think um, when people look at, you know, your advertisement or they look at LinkedIn, they look at Gritmat, Gritmat clearly for good reason, you know, they, they notice the shark tank um, and the pitch that you did there and, and the astounding job that you guys did there. Uh, but they don't realize that that's three years after you've already been doing this process, right? So, so bring us up to speed that how did you get into, you know, you saw some success uh, through the sales and then you say, hey, we're going to go to Shark Tank. Um, what gave you that confidence to say, okay, we're going to go on national TV and pitch this idea and we could potentially be totally destroyed or uh, it could help us? <laughs> it's got to be a scary thought. So after Oshkosh sold everything, so... We sold, we sold everything and I just drove home from Wisconsin to, to Toledo, Ohio. And as soon as I got home, I put my, I put my house up for sale so I could get more, more money for inventory. And hold um, on, don't blow past that real quick. Don't, don't blow past that first. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Hold on. This dude is so committed. You come back and put your house on the market so you can make more of the product. Yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the tough part was like you – I'd have to upfront the cash to yeah. get the product made. So you upfront the cash to the factory, they make it, and then you know it gets to, gets to you, and yeah. then you go sell it. So if you sell direct-to-consumer, minimum time of your money tied up is going to be three months. Yeah. And then – you have a distributor, they'll have what's called a net, which means they typically have at least a net 30, yeah, which means yeah. they have the product for 30 days before they pay you. So easily that the time span of you putting in money and getting out money could be like four months. Yeah. So you're trying to this like pipeline that's going to be cycling, you know, throughout the, for, a, you know, basically each quarter or more. 
So um, I needed more money for to like feed the pipe, the beginning of the pipeline. And um, the, the toughest part was like, I was really close with my neighbors. Um, I, and I, I was like, I've got to make, I got to do this. I got to sell the house. Yeah. And um, so I was living out of my car for like a couple, like a month or two. Um, and I'm sorry, what? I thought you said you were living out of your car for a month or two. Yeah. I know, the internet <laughs> was jumping for a second or did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it like, it, it wasn't that bad because there was, <laughs> I was like learning <laughs> ways to make Dude. it easier. Like I would eat Chipotle for, it was in the summertime. I would eat Chipotle for dinner and I would eat like, I, it's what I call the troll bowl where I'll get both beans, both rice, half a scoop of steak, half a scoop of chicken and all of the toppings. Yeah. So that's the last two meals. So I would uh, get that for dinner, eat half of it. And then in the morning I put it up on my, the dashboard of my car and I would uh, go in and work out. So while I'm working out, my car is getting really hot and um, I would work out, shower at the gym and then I would come back and eat the rest of the Chipotle. <laughs> and then oh uh, a lot of times- Were you working out of your car too? Uh, I mean, it was sometimes. It was, it was kind of, well, I, I would like find a co-working space or like a coffee shop or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, or I mean, I would, I would push like, I was pushing really hard on, on, uh, like couch surfing with friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like mo most of it, like actually what happened was my good buddy, Danny Woodcock in Toledo, his roommate was, uh, worked for a fraternity and it was during rush week, which is like super busy for them. Oh yeah. And, uh, he was out he was like gone like three weeks out of the month at least. So he was like, his name was, was Bernie. So Danny was like, yeah, you can stay in, like you can crash in Bernie's room. Um, just make the bed every time you're done because his girlfriend will get really pissed if, if someone like sleeps in the bed. So I would take a, I took a picture of the bed when it, before I ever slept in it. And then I would just make the bed look like that picture every single time. <laughs> And then, <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So it's like, you're talking commitment after commitment after commitment. Like you're, you're in at this point, you're in wholesale, like sleeping in your car, showering at the gym, crashing on any couch or bed available because you want, you know, there's something to this. Like you're going to see this thing through. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like something I, I was always thinking about is, is like when, I, I feel like when you have a product or a company, there's like multiple sources like of like power kind of. Yeah. So there's like, there's like fame, there's just money and then there's just hustle. Yeah. So at the time I didn't have the first two. So like I could find some money through grants. Um, no one really knew what Gritmount was at the time, but the thing is I could, you know, really hustle. Like for example, if it was Mark Cuban, you know, pushing a product, you know, people know who he is. He's got the network. He's got, you know, can throw some cash towards marketing. Um, and then like, he also has a really good like hustle work ethic. Yeah. I was like, it was kind of going back to like no opportunity to be lost due to, due to my effort. So it's like, I'm going to give it the max effort I can um, to really 
you know, to make that work, to make yeah. it work. Yeah. What was funny is like <laughs> when the trade show booths were so bad that like anyone who was working with grit matter would come to a booth. Um, they would just be like, be like, dude, they'd be like, man, hopefully we can get it next trade show. And I'm just like, how to make it happen this trade show. So, so after Oshkosh was a show called NBAA national business aviation association, this yeah. is all the, you wear a, like a three piece suit, you wear a tie, like yeah. you like very business. Like this is where a lot of dollars get, get passed around. So I've got at right now a table that I bought from Walmart that I'm going to return to Walmart after the show. I've got <laughs> a sheet to cover that. I'm not laughing at you, man. I, I'm like, it is awesome. It is awesome to see the fire and the passion because this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about on the legacy podcast. Like don't let anybody else steal your vision, your idea, your goals. Like it's yours. Go after it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so you know, we got the table, we got the black bed sheet. We've got this, um, display that I made when I was, when, before I sold my house, I ripped a door off of the garage and I cut it up to make a display. So it looked like this and had like a curb on it. Yeah. And then the grip mats would sit on the curb. So, um, and I just painted it black. And then I had like one of those like pull up things. It's like, it's like, like three feet wide and it had like pictures on it. And then I had like flyers that were still from Oshkosh that we were like handing out. And, uh, and I remember like, I was playing, paying this dude part-time and he was like, he was a graphic designer and he, he was very like aesthetically, he really likes everything to look good. And I just remember him so disappointed. He was so like, he was just like, oh, uh, well, I mean, we can, we can try. We can. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I mean, there's always next year, next year we have like a, you know, one of these backdrops and like we're, like a fine for like not having carpet in our square. You're supposed to have carpet. So like going back to Walmart to get like those like yoga workout squares. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, um, <laughs> and then we end up going to the Airbnb, which there's like four of us. So my good buddy, Ian, um, who, who's now still a part of grit Matt, There's, there was Lucas Latour who, um, he was like, and he just like, was in between jobs or something yeah. um, or in like a company he was working on. And he was like, well, I've never been on a plane before and he's good at sales. And I was like, yo, you want to like, I'll pay for your plane ticket. If you come help out at the booth, it was like round trip ticket for like 90 bucks. I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. and then the graphic designer, me. So there's four of us and we go back to this Airbnb that said it had four beds only has two beds. So we're all like, we're all like went up in these, in this like, <laughs> It was like a one size below a queen. <laughs> it was like yeah. kind of tight. But uh, so after like the graphic designer's like, dude, what is going on? And then it's like, oh, hey, you got to share a bed. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to talk to every single person at every single booth. And there's like, there's a ton of booths. And I, uh, I remember with this one lady around the corner I found, she, she did like articles or she did like write-ups in magazines. And I yeah. brought her over to the booth. And she's like, let me go get my camera guy. We'll take a picture. And I had, as there's a picture of me, I, I can find it and send it to you, but like holding the grip mat and they made an article about it. And from that article, 
um, we got in touch with NASA and NASA ended up buying so many grip mats that it like broke our website. So, um, yeah, what? so that was a big like breakthrough. And then also like at the show, we, we got in contact with Avial. So Boeing owns a company called Avial. That's like, yeah. like the Amazon for the aviation industry. Yeah. So, um, what happened was there was a, Boeing meeting that let out and all the avial people were like, it was like, there was like main drag was, was like a ton of people. So they're like trying to like go faster down this like side path. And, uh, this, this lady, Jamie, um, she lives in Dallas. I, sometimes I talk to her still, but she just turned and was like, what is this? And, and we were like, it's the grip mat. And, and she looks at, at the other guy. She goes, do we have this? Do we sell this? And uh, they're like, no, we've never seen that before. And, and she's like, who adds new products? Like, we need to get this in here now. And uh, it was a very slow process, but we ended up, like, selling with, with Avial. And it was funny because I was trying to, like, act, like, cool. But she was like, she's like, how many of these do you have? And I was like, well, we got about, we got 1,600 and, like, 2,400 on the way, which that was like from the, the product from like selling the yeah. house. She goes, okay, what if we buy all of them? And uh, I'm trying to act cool, but like our graphic designer's like, oh, he's just like <laughs> looking back and forth. Like, oh my God. Like, play it <laughs> like, cool, Dale. Play it cool. Right, right. Just wait till they like give us a check. <laughs> then I'll be excited. Oh my uh, gosh, dude. So you know, that was like, that was a pretty, that was, a big boost for us. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, it was like that, that was the point of like, it doesn't matter about, you know, what the booth looks like. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Like my hustle is still going to be there. I'm going yeah. to talk to that person I can. Yeah. Doing um, literally everything you can. You know, there, there was, uh, there was a couple things I did even just this last week um, that, that, in my mind, I was like, what do I have to lose? Like what, what just with part, part of the, uh, part of my business, I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, what's the worst thing some, that's going to happen? Somebody's going to say no, or they're going to make fun of the fact that I asked him to do this. Like, I don't care. What do I have to lose? No is always free. And no is always what most people are like preconditioned to. So if, if I'm already expecting no, and I ask a question and they say, yes, dude, like that could literally be your NASA sale. That could be, you know, it could be whatever it is but if you don't ask you're never going to know and you're never going to see that opportunity it's huge so so what led to what led to you deciding hey we're going to go on shark tank we're going to launch into shark tank and then where are where are you now from that yeah so kept like getting traction with trade shows and then like the core of that part-time graphic designer was to do a kickstarter so we're going to do a Kickstarter and we're going to launch new products because at these trade shows, everyone's like, we need a smaller one with more compartments. We need whatever. Yeah. And like, okay, so we're getting a lot of feedback from the customers and I was like, well, this guy's good at Kickstarters. I was like, let's do a Kickstarter and we'll launch the new sizes. So we do a Kickstarter. Have you ever done a Kickstarter? Huh? No, I have a lot of friends who have. Kickstarters are, are very hard work. Um, and it was like, we, so from the Kickstarter, we raised 113,000. And then like from there you go to what's called Indiegogo, which is like 
kind of very similar to Kickstarter. And yeah. then you can need to raise more money. And then, so everything that we raised was roughly like $160,000. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> with that Kickstarter, if it could go wrong, it did like the very first <laughs> we got banned from sending emails because we got like spammed really hard. We got like, we did this thing called like, it's got a weird name. It's called thunderclap, which means you get everyone pre-registered to share at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah. so to automatically share with everyone. So I had like, like two or 300 people signed up on thunderclap when it shared, it was supposed to show a picture or a vi- I think it was a video. It just showed a, like a gray screen a gray, where the picture was just like all gray. Like it didn't show anything oh, and no. no one saw what it was. So I like called thunderclap. I was like, what is going on? Somehow this lady like redid the launch on everyone's account and, and it, it ended up working, but it was, it was, so I see something I, I haven't told anyone on any podcast was that a, a big thing that we did is called the pump and dump. Pump and dump means you get people to, so when you put in a kit into a money into a Kickstarter, it doesn't charge you until your credit card until, until the, the campaign is complete. Yeah. That's yeah. your credit card. So you put in your credit card 30 days later or whatever it's, if, if it's successful, then it charges you. So the pump and dump is that you'll have people. So the, the creator cannot put their own money in, but yeah. you'll have other people put in, put in a high ticket item of like a thousand dollars. You have other people put in a thousand dollars to get the number up, to try to get the momentum to keep, to get it, to keep going. Yeah. So we, we did the pump and dump of like, like I think it was six to eight grand and we ended up raising in the first day, like, like 11 and in our, we set our goal crazy low, like $10,000 and people were like, Oh my gosh, you, you got your goal. I'm like, yeah, but like that most of that money's like fake. So, so over time you have those people back out. Yeah. If it, if it's successful, I've seen campaigns who will do this. They're like, Oh my gosh, it's great. And then they like pull the money back. So it doesn't get charged. And it's like, dude, your, your campaign just flatlined. So what happened was the Kickstarter on like ended up after doing everything, it was about $3,000. So I was in the positive about $3,000. I still had to ship everybody their stuff. Overall, yeah. I ended up losing about $3,000. But from the Kickstarter, um, a lot of, I call them scouts, there'll be Shark Tank scouts that yeah. will encourage people to get signed up. So the, they gave me a link. Uh, they, they were just like, hey, you'd be a good fit for Shark Tank. We like your story. Um, here's how to apply online. And so the thing is, the year before, ju- the year before was, they, they asked me to be on Shark Tank. It was a scout. And yeah. I said no because I just came back from a deployment and my, and I was getting ready to go to, to Oshkosh to sell for the first time. So I said no, because I didn't have any sales and I've watched so much shark tank. I did not want to be the guy who's like, Oh yeah, here's a cool product. What's your sales? Zero. Yeah. yeah, to- yeah. <laughs> so I, I told him no. So fast forward to now, okay, we got this Kickstarter and she, and I was like, I wish I, I wanted to have more sales, but she goes, well, the thing is, we opened up application, the application process today. Um, we need a written application, a video application. 
everyone right now is working on their applications. But if you give me a verbal commitment, I will submit your Kickstarter video to as an, as an application because um, it's answering all the questions that we would need. Yeah. Therefore, be the very first person to submit, and you would get you would internally in Shark Tank, you'd get the most exposure. Yeah. And I was like, all right, now's the time. Let's do it. And um, then it just, I, I actually had my, so when I, how I ended up in Columbus, Ohio, I was like couch surfing and um, I was couch surfing on my friend Louise's at my, at her place. And the first time we were like walking up to the stairs, she goes, she, she goes, Hey, do you know anyone who would want to be a subleaser? My roommate's moving out. And I was like, I'll do it. And so the other roommate, Jackie, was very, very good at writing. And she would write everything that we had for the Kickstarter. And then yeah. she did all the writing for our Shark Tank application. So it was funny because with the Shark Tank application, <laughs> um, there was like, she, like, she knew me pretty in depth just for like living together for like a year and a half. Yeah. And she, there, there was, it was funny because like throughout the process of Shark Tank, they would like refer back to that application. And I'm like, where did they get this shit? Like, how did they? <laughs> like, so we do the practice pitch for Shark Tank. So you do the practice pitch before the, you're, you go in front of the sharks. They're kind of like testing you to see if you'd be good for TV. Yeah. Um, trying to get like their best candidates in front of the sharks. So I bomb it like super bad. Like, like <laughs> did horrible. Um, and my producer, Kate, comes up to me and she goes, she goes, she goes, are you religious? Can you pray or something to calm down? And she goes, whatever happened to that little boy who wanted to be an inventor ever since he was six years old? And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? And then, and then later I, I, I looked at the application. I was like, oh, Jackie put like details about how I've always wanted to be an inventor and like being on Shark Tank would be such oh like, my God. a link to my dreams. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to be an inventor, but like, she <laughs> it was sick. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, dude, that is that that is wild. Oh my gosh, man, your journey is is lit. I, I just my cheeks hurt from smiling and laughing at at just the 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 power of the journey of what you've had to go through, and it's not you know that's the amazing thing is that every single person who walks through this 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 I'll say journey again because this this journey of deciding okay I'm gonna go for this and then having to work through the frustration work through the pain work through the disappointments and then to have breakthrough after breakthrough when you needed it the most at the very last moment man that's if there's one thing that we can encourage you today that Tom and I can both encourage you on is this is that listen if you're in it like if you're in it to win it keep going don't allow the things, the, the breakdowns, the barriers of what previously would have held you back. There's hundreds of people who have quit doing what was in their heart, quit chasing after their passion, quit chasing after their goals because it got tough and they had a little bit of failure. But dude, it's been so cool to see and hear your story of how, you know, moment after moment of making the decision of man, okay, well, I'm going to sell the house to, to be able to fund the product, to be able to you know, sleep in my car. It's, but that's what it takes, man. That's, it is so awesome to hear that. So parting shot, because we're going to have to jet out of here in just a second, parting shot of, of, for you, if you had anything to be able to encourage people on, if you could go back to your old self and say, hey, what would I do different? What would I tell myself through this process? If you could start at the beginning, what would you tell us? 
Yeah, so I'll give you two. One's a way of being and one is very practical that everyone yeah. can do. One, the way of being is persistence. So something I've always said is I might not be the smartest in the room, but I'm most likely the most persistent in the room. Yeah. Um, the other one is the, um, the inventor of Spanx. Can't think of her name right now. Sarah Blakely. Um, she, her story is that she saw an opportunity and she took $5,000 out of her savings and invested in the company. So the thing is, a very important part of when you start your journey is to be debt free. Yeah. Because the thing is, there is so much pressure for me that like one little push would have completely knocked me off. Yeah. So not having any debt really gave me like, that was one thing I didn't have to worry about. And also like, the thing is, Sarah Blakely had $5,000 to invest that was debt free into a billion dollar opportunity. Yeah. For most people, Right now, if a billion dollar opportunity came by them, they couldn't, they couldn't have the $5,000 to invest. Now people's mindset is, well, I could, I could get $5,000 worth of credit cards. You don't know if Sarah had $5,000 of cash and then was going into debt or was using her other resources to do it. So, you know, having, so you want to be an entrepreneur, just like getting your, your is right is really, is really, really critical. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's huge. You know, there's there's several things we focus on. And Tom, you may not know this, but you'll get to know us more and more as we uh, dive even more into what uh, legacy, it, you know, the legacy podcast and what we stand for. But the, one of those five areas that we focus on of being a whole person and developing yourself is financial. You know, you have physical, your mental health, interpersonal, like the relationships you have with family and friends, professional and financial. And that's one of the things that even when, whether people get married, whether they launch into business, for whatever reason, it gets overlooked so much. But man, if you will just give yourself a moment, slow down, kind of curate your idea and get yourself stable financially, that is a huge, dude, what a great point. What a great, great, great point. Well, I, there, I yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like, until you get like that $5,000 in, in the bank, and all your debts paid, like do not look at any other routes of debt. There's, I've seen like being in the military, there's, they like hawk us at like hardcore oh, yeah. to get debt and payment system. So like yeah. hit that, that benchmark of five grand, then you can look into like different, like credit card points or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's very important. Dude, that is huge. Tom, we are going to have you back because I, I've had more fun. I've had more fun here. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. We're going to have you back um, for sure, not just talking to the mentality, but maybe some of the the technical, the challenges, because what you're getting into right now, like the finances, like it's a real, that's a real point that people are looking for the opportunity to say, okay, how did he do this? What is the what is the the knowledge that we could glean, the wisdom that we could glean off of your experiences and, and you know entrepreneurs and and inventors like yourself? So we're definitely going to have you back on the Legacy Podcast, dude. Thank you so much, so much for being here. It's awesome. So real quick before we get out of here, um, where can people find not only the Grit Map but where can we follow you and keep up with the journey of yourself and your team at Grit Map? Yeah, so we're on Instagram, Facebook, um, just at Gritmat, G-R-Y-P-M-A-T. Um, you can follow me at Tom26Burden or find me on Facebook, uh, friend request me, or also on TikTok. Uh, I love making oh, yeah. TikTok. 
TikTok, dude. Everybody says, Kinsley, you're too old for that. No, I'm not. Shut up, man. If you're in business, you're not too old for whatever the market's bringing you. <laughs> You'll never yeah, be that's too right. old. It's true. Tom, dude, thanks so much for being with us. To you and your team, the best of luck, Godspeed. And thank you again for just sharing the entrepreneurial, the wisdom, the vision, the excitement, uh, and, and the transparencies of the failures. Because listen, you don't get to success by just having win after win. It takes a failure every now and then. It takes pushing through those hard times. So thank you so much for being a champion for us of setting the example of how to do that and what that looks like for us. So for us here at Legacy Podcast, listen, it has been so much fun with Tom Burden, CEO, founder of Gritmat. Following his journey, you can see in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube, you can follow along with him on social media or uh, also on the description area on the uh, Spotify and wherever podcasts are viewed and you're listening to this, you can find his contact info there right here. And listen, it's been a great time right here with your winning coach, Kinsley Jordan on the Legacy Podcast, encouraging you to crush your goals, ignite your dreams and forge a legacy in your life each and every day. Make sure you hit the subscription button right over there and the bell to get the notifications. And we'll catch you guys next time on Legacy.